While their names may not draw Kardashian-level attention, many special pets find work in film, stage, television, web, print, and fashion. Sure, Lassie had looks, and Morris the cat had charm. But have you ever wondered if your pet could be a professional actor, model, or influencer? How many times have you seen an animal on TV or in print and thought, my pet could do that? The Positively Famous Podcast introduces you to celebrity pets and their trainers, TikTok, YouTube, and Insta-famous pets, pet fashion designers, and the fashionistas themselves. Let's dive into this episode with your host, Don Wolf. Welcome to the Positively Famous Podcast, Mariah. So lovely to be here. I am so happy to have you today. And I know that you were really expecting that I was going to interview you today on this show. But you know, things don't always go the way we anticipate, kind of like being (laughs) on set. And so actually, I really want you to interview me about, because this is going to be my very first episode of the Positively Famous Podcast. Are you game? Can we do this? A game. Completely unprepared. Off the cuff, how did you even get into animal acting, that sort of thing? How did how did you come upon that? Well, I ended up getting a a little Jack Russell named Miss Hope, who was just the cutest little white Parson Russell Terrier. And she had one little spot on her forehead. And when I asked people about that, you know, that little spot, they said, that means it's the Queen Anne's thumbprint that means that's a good one. And she was. She was just an amazing little trick dog. And so through Miss Hope, I started getting hired uh, by other agencies, right? Because I didn't have my own agency back then. I started getting hired to do commercials and print shoots and all that kind of fun things with her. And, you know, I actually went specifically looking for a dog that I could get into yeah. this business because yeah, that was my dream, right. right? Yeah, you can't dream about something and then go get like a black German Shepherd or something. Yeah, it's black not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, you have to get what you have to get what's going to sell. What's going to yeah. sell? Yeah. <clears throat> so, I got this little dog, Miss Hope, and she got a lot of work. And then the, one of my friends, who was part of one of the agencies that I worked for, pretty often said, you need to have a double because your dog's not going to get booked it for like a big, a bigger thing if you don't have a double, right? Yeah. Because if you take a dog on set and all of a sudden it's like limping and they're like, oh, bring in the backup dog. Uh, you know, they don't want to waste their money uh, yeah. on just relying on one dog. So I ended up getting another Jack Russell named Nikki, Nikita. Did you ever watch that TV show? Oh, come on. <laughs> I didn't own a TV till 2006. And oh, that explains everything. So anything well, before 2006 is a, is a... So I got Nikki, and she ended up being a very fluffy Jack Russell, where Hope was like a smooth Jack Russell. Wow. So I would shave Nikki and put a spot on her head, and she looked That's just like Hope, right? Yeah. Now, so those few little dogs is kind of what led me to working for other agencies and learning about the business and learning how to be on set and how to work my dogs. And I'm just so grateful for um, for both of those dogs coming into my life. Right. So it's everything. Exactly. I mean, we all hope that we get those like one in a million, one in a billion dogs that enter our life. And I'm just so thankful I actually got two back to back. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's kind of what led me uh, to at some point uh, a few years into the business. Um opening my own company 
So you got enough experience on set as the handler, trainer, and Jack Russells are, I mean, as you know, used like crazy in set work. They're great little trick dogs and they're great little dogs to be trained, right? So I'm sure you got a ton of work. And then I you, did. Just, you were just like, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to work for myself. Well, kind of. What really prompted that, right, was that because I never really thought about being an agent. I really yeah. just didn't. Seems like a lot of work. But let's just say I don't always make the best uh, employee because... I find things that need change, things that could be improved upon, right? And let's just say that the um, the agent that I was working with really um, was not always appreciative of my feedback, right? So I was complaining. I was kind of complaining to uh, a man who's a legend in the dog training industry, Mr. Uh, Captain Haggerty. For those of you guys that know who Captain Haggerty is, right? So I was talking to Cap and I was telling him that I was getting frustrated because some of the things that I expressed concern about um, or thought could be done better were just, um, you know, kind of just like wiped out by this uh, man that I was speaking with who owned the agency. I wasn't really taken very serious. And so Cap gave me some great advice. He said, Don, open your own agency. And I was like, Okay, sir, I will do that. So do my own thing, do it better, bigger and better. I'll do it. I'll do it better, the way that I feel comfortable with it, the way I feel comfortable yeah. treating animals, and the way I feel animals should be treated. Yeah. Right. That's that was key. the big thing. I mean, you can treat people kind of crappy, uh, which just say kind of did happen, but it was more my concern with some of the animal situations. Because yeah, they can't add any themselves. Exactly. And I try to advocate. That's me. Like, I don't just shut up. It's not my personality. Um, So, yeah. So now I opened my own agency. And shortly after that, I ended up getting a call to do Dogs 101 for Animal Planet, the TV show. Quality show. Thank you. It was a blast. I just enjoyed I enjoyed almost every second of it. It was sometimes a little bit stressful. Fair, but it was a blast. I grew up on that show. That that I watched religiously. Grew up. Did you? Did you literally just say you grew up on that? Do you know how I old did? Take you made me dagger. feel now. What? Holy heart! Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's uh, it should be compliment. You know, I don't think about the age. That what's age? But a number, right? Well, that <laughs> we did. I started that show in two thousand and nine. So that was- see, I owned a TV. I owned a TV in two thousand nine. Therefore, I watched it, and it was dog okay. Good. So good, good. If yeah. you any better, two thousand nine, I was like a junior in high school. Like, grew up is like a loose term. Okay, all right. Thank. Don't you. feel that all. Please don't be seven or something. No, that's right. Because you were you were a deprived child. You didn't have a TV. I forgot about that. No, no. If I grew up, or teenager, like, like I, yeah, my teenage life, I grew up on it. Okay, good, good. I'm glad you. I'm glad you uh, loved it. It was one of the best experiences uh, I've had doing uh, a show. So, yeah, no, but I loved it. They they also besides Dogs 101, let's just say the second season of Cats 101. Yeah, I ended up taking that on too. Even though I'm highly allergic to cats, I am a trooper. And I, I may have let me let me have a little sip of this. Um. I might have had a little bit of wine that night because they took me out in New York City 
they wined me literally and dined me and said, Don, can you take on Cats 101? Because I had passed it off the first year to someone else because I'm allergic. Like I could literally die. But I was like, okay, fine, I'll I'll take this on. So yeah, so I did Cats 101 too. And then we ended up doing a Pets 101, which I thought was super fun because then we got to have a lot of the um, exotic animals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a capybara. I oh, always wanted. Yeah, ca- yeah, aren't those cute? I think they're they adorable. And skunks. And we had oh. raccoons. Yeah, it was, that was really Encouraging fun. the populace to own skunks. Making every kid go, Mommy, I want a skunk. <laughs> they're they're very nice animals. I've like, heard they, they are. Which would make yeah. really good pet for the right people, for, the for right sure. People. Yeah, so that's a little bit how um, how I ended up starting Positively Famous. And here we are many, many years later and starting this podcast to help other people who maybe have dreamed about getting into the business. One of the things with this podcast is I want to be that friend, right? I want to be that friend that people can ask questions to so that they can succeed in this industry. Um, I mean, you and I, Mariah, we've talked, right? Yeah. Yeah, a lot. You work with other agents, right? There's nobody who works exclusively for me, okay? My goal is that we all just work and we work a lot and we have a really good time doing it and we represent uh, whoever it is we're working for in a very professional uh, manner, right? Yeah. Yeah. So so I've always been that person. I try to be that person for other traders when they're uh, doing something with another agent and maybe they're a little hesitant to ask questions, mm-hmm. right? Because maybe they don't want to come across as not knowing or, you know what I'm saying? Or they're having problems with an agent and they're not quite sure how they could handle things. Like, it's hard. I've always... Yeah. I mean, I always just try to be um, a nice, kind person. And uh, if somebody asks me, I'm always happy to to help. So that's one of the things I want to do with this podcast is really just be that for people, right? The person yeah. that I did not have in my life when I was dreaming of being uh, on set with my dogs and stuff like that. And how did I even, you know, go about doing it? And I really, I kind of lucked into it. Because most of us did. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a difficult industry. People ask me how to get into it all the time. And, you know, I luckily have sources like you and other agents. And I'm like, well, you can reach out to them. But like, really, to get consistent work, you have to, like you said earlier, you have to the right dog, right? You have to start with the right cell and then have the right knowledge and have the right temperament yourself, right? True. So I think a lot of it is luck. I mean, I got into it by someone reaching out to me via Instagram and being like, hey, you have stable, nice Dalmatians and you have a reputation for it. You want to be on set, right? But if I had gone on set and not been like the best or like kind of awkward or my dogs had not performed at their peak performance that day, as you know, dogs fickle, right? And they'd never been in that situation before. And our first job was wild. I'll have to talk about that at some other podcast. But it was insane and my dogs were great. And then because of that, we got called back. But if it if every if all the stars had not aligned, it wouldn't have happened, right? Nobody would have called me back because they'd be like, Dalmatian's not good. Mm-hmm. Per usual, such a disappointment, right? There's not a whole lot of forgiveness on your first job. Nobody knows you, right? So I think most of us luck into this industry or fall into it or know somebody who knows somebody. So 
having a resource to be like, hey, here's how you from ground zero start your journey is huge. It's huge. All right. So when did you even think about this podcast thing, right? You've got, got so much going on as an agent, right? You're so busy. I know you are. And then you came up with this idea. Well, if we go back to 2020, right, during the uh, everybody was staying at home and staying safe and all that kind of stuff. Um, and we had. I love talking to people. That's one of the, the best things when I was a dog trainer is I'd love meeting new people. I'd love meeting their pet. I just, I love all that interaction. And I, during the pandemic, I didn't get any of that. You know what I mean? I'm just going to go live and bring on some of my community members and bring on some professional trainers and, and other people in the industry. And let's just hang out and talk, right? Let's pour a drink and let's sit around and, and talk about this. So that's exactly what happened. I had just the best time uh, doing these live shows. And then I guess after a couple of months, um, it was a lot. Let me just say going live every single day for like six weeks was a lot. I, I pretty much went every day. Yes. Well, you know, nobody had anything to do. And so I just was sure. trying to, I was trying to make people smile and, and think about the future. Like, yes, we're locked down right now, but this is not going to be the way. So train your dogs. Let me give you a little bit of knowledge. So when things mm -hmm. open up, maybe you know a little bit more about the industry and you're yeah. ready to hit the ground running with this, right? Uh -huh. So that was really uh, how it started. So I decided I'm going to do an audio version, not just a, a talk show on YouTube. Um, yeah. So that's that's kind of how it all came uh, about. And, you know, really my goal in, in this is besides just really um, educating people and introducing them to a wide range of, of people that work in this industry, uh, I really want to showcase um some of the amazing pet products, you know, that we use. Cause I mean, trainers, like we use a lot of different toys, right? We all have our favorites that we like to, to use. So that's really what I want uh, the podcast to be about is a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but all focused on um, really pets and training them. And, um, you know, whether somebody really has the right pet to go and be an animal actor. Uh, I don't want people to also get discouraged because you can also have a really great career just having your dog be a model, right? I mean, they yeah. don't always have to do acting, you know? Yeah. Sit, stay, don't move, look pretty. That's what we started doing mostly, right? Dalmatians, they're very good at ad print and high fashion. So yes. it's a good, it's an easy way to start, right? Because it's low pressure. If you, but it if really your dog is. is a little bit not, you know, you don't have like a mark from here to here, you don't have these beautiful movement obedience, which take time, right? If you just have sure. a sit stay and a focus, right. which is what I put on yeah. almost all my client dogs. So I put client dogs up for ad print, but I won't put them up for TV shows or movies because people don't keep up with stuff as much as I do. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole nother ball game once we have movement coming in. Yeah. Right. It's that intimidated me. So it took me like a year to take anything with video, anything with video. I was like, I was really nervous about it because well, it's so much easier to just sit and stare at a camera. But, you know, even trying to get a dog to sit and then when the, the director says, bring that dog's eye line down, like we want to see, like your dog doesn't, we don't want them to be like, oh, you want me to get up? Right? You mean, they're like, oh, that means I should get, no, we're just trying to get your ears up because you look like you've been beat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Border collies, man. Right. Border collies. I was like, <laughs> 
<laughs> exactly. I have to do the weirdest things. I'm like, and that's and that's a whole nother uh, show that we're going to talk about, Mariah. We're going to talk about all the crazy noises that oh, trainers so have to make in order to get the reactions from their dogs. Right? I, I who knew my trombone, my 13 years of trombone would lead to making weird noises for dogs. Oh, there's no- my parents would be so proud of that box trout of areas they bought me. This <laughs> led to me going. <laughs> <laughs> all these life skills all in one. <laughs> and each dog is going to be different, too, oh, right? The one yeah. noise, you know, or or, or the bag of uh, treats that you bring out might make, make one dog go like lose its mind like a banana head. Right. Yeah. And then you might go, oh, I need to just use a toy for this one. Or maybe I just need to say, oh, my God, you're such a good dog and you're so amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's enough for that dog to get a, you know, a good reaction. Or just, uh, them. Some dogs are just so wired. You're just like, hey. And they're like, hey. really? <laughs> and you have Lyra that you basically have to play ball with somebody else. And she's like, huh? Amazing. Aww. Nothing else works. Nothing else works she's just like i don't care about you thank you or i've had on set where they're like we want them to look sad that mm. that that trying to figure out what your dog looks sad for without being like mean that's tricky well so it's just it's just a fake mean it's not like yeah i mean yeah, yeah you're so, just like oh what are you doing and they're like mm-hmm. I, I used to be like oh my god you're such a bad dog no and then they're like, huh? And then you give them treats like crazy, right? right? Like you do that and like, you feel bad. And you're like, here's all of the treats. And this is all right. <laughs> well, maybe you feel bad. I didn't feel bad because I was able, I was able to get the performance and all the directors and everybody's like, oh, that's so amazing. I'm like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Expressive dog. She's expressive dogs. Because I'm pretty sure if I said to Lyra, my Dalmatian, right? If I was like, bad girl, she'd be like, you're a bad, excuse you. <laughs> Oh no, who are you talking to? I would not get the reaction. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not putting Lyra up okay. for any sad dog parts then. No, she won't look sad. Never mind. She won't I'd have to like not let her sleep for like three days or something, and then she'd be like, I'm just really tired. And then maybe you'd have that look. So no. Her kids oh, are more god. sensitive than she is. The border collie, very sensitive. Oh but Lyra, she's so like, sensitive. Yeah. So sensitive. Different dogs. Like, yeah. We literally had a commercial where they had her sitting next to a toilet and they wanted her to look sad. It was the strangest. It was the strangest shot I've ever had to get. They wanted her to pretend that she had diarrhea. <laughs> toilet. And we're like, Stop okay, now she has to look sad. I'm like, yeah, because she used the toilet. That's a weirdest. Okay, weirdest I, I, uh, did that ever, did that, whatever it was, ever come out? I don't think it's come out yet. Okay, all right. Well, when it does, I absolutely I need to see that. You do. You do. I need to see it too. My gosh, I don't even know what that looks. The same script had corn cobbing in it. I got this script and it said your dog has to corn cob, and I'm like, I literally, literally know what that means. Apparently, it's when they like chew on their leg, right? When they like take their leg and kind of chew on it to scratch. Apparently, that is corn cobbing. Wow. Well. And I guess I, I had to learn something around. new every day. See, this is why I'm going to do the podcast. I still love learning. And see, there we go. So Amazing. weird. So weird. Sets are weird. Hence why you have to be flexible, right? You have to figure out how to get your dog set corn cob. 
a thank you. I really appreciate um, you hanging out for a little bit with me. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to have you as a guest, my friend, on the show. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Positively Famous Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. That helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Also, be sure to connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Positively Famous. Remember, that's P-A-W-S-I-T-I-V-E-L-Y-F-A-M-O-U-S. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.